Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Welcome to the Least of These Podcasts. We reach out to those the world has forgotten. If you'd like to know more about us and how you can donate to help us fulfill our mission, go to hisloveministries.net. Thank you very much and God bless you. give you a workout won't it i like that song but i tell you what that i think that was made for somebody who was a vocalist because that thing will work you when you get through you know you sing a song when you got through with that one if you can keep up with that one all righty let's look at john chapter 10 today and we're going to be back in the book of john this morning and we're going to look at verses we're going to start back in verse 16 uh, remember we've been talking about in the book of John about how John wrote this book and he said and Jesus did many other signs which are not recorded in this book. He did them in front of his disciples but he said these have been written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and believing you might have life in his name. And so we've been seeing the miracles and the signs and the wonders and We've been seeing Jesus reach out to folks that uh, didn't really deserve it. Of course, none of us do, but He reaches out to the least and the least and the last, and the hopeless and the helpless and the hurting. And Jesus is the one who goes to all these folks, and the Pharisees hate Him because of what He's doing. But He keeps going, and He keeps telling them He's God, and He keeps telling them that that He came to to die on the cross and to do all of these things. And when we get to John chapter 10, he's really summing up everything that's happened in the first nine chapters because he tells them he's the good shepherd and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep and that he talks about the false shepherds, those that come to steal and to steal and destroy. And he talks about how these hirelings, these Pharisees, they run off and they leave the sheep helpless and the fact that that he's willing to die for his sheep because that's what the good shepherd does. And that what Jesus did for us? He died for us on the cross, right? He died as the song says, Oh, sing, sing of my Redeemer with his blood. He purchased me. On the cross he sealed my pardon. He paid the debt, the debt I owed for my sin. And he made me free. And that's why Jesus came. And then he talks about how to, he, he's the good shepherd. He knows his sheep. And he's known by his own. And the Father knows him. And he knows the Father. And then he begins in verse 16. And he says, And I have other sheep which are not of this fold. Them I also must bring. And they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one shepherd. And we talked about that. So I actually want to start in verse 17 today. He says, therefore, my Father loves me. John chapter 10, verse 17. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down and I have the power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Therefore, there was division again amongst the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon. 
can a demon open the eyes of a blind man? As we look at this section today, he starts out, he says, because he's the good shepherd, because he dies and because he does all these wonderful things that the Father's commanded him, he says, therefore my Father loves me. Now that sounds kind of funny. He says, because I did this, my Father loves me. Now we just got through saying that we sang and we've sang several songs and all of them said that our salvation is, is free, it's a gift. We don't work our way into heaven, but guess what? You can't work your way into pleasing God either because He's as pleased with you as He ever will be. But you know what He does love? He loves obedience. He loves obedience. And what Jesus is doing right here is He ties love and obedience together. Because if you love somebody, what did Jesus say? He said, if you love me, John chapter 14, verse 15, do what? Keep my commandments. Luke 6.46 says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things that I do? And if you went to look in John chapter 15, verse 4, he will also say over there the fact that you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. What Jesus is doing here is he's tying, tying love and obedience. You know, there's a there's a special obedience. There's a special friendship. I mean, not obedience. There's a special friendship that happens because you remember Abraham did what? He obeyed God. He did what God asked him to do. And he says, therefore, Abraham was called what? The friend of God, right? He had a special relationship. And so God loves us. God saves us. But we become especially special to Him when we obey Him and do what we're supposed to do. That love does not result from our performance. But it does mean that that when we obey God, we show how much we love Him. And it, and it develops a special bond, a special love between us. God loves us unconditionally, but He does have a special love for those who really, truly try to do everything He asks them to do. And He says, The Father loves me because I lay down my life, that I may take it down up again. So, what does He say? I lay down my life. Remember what he told Pilate when Pilate said, Do you not know who you're speaking to? I have the power to take your life. And Jesus says, You don't have any power. Basically, all authority has been given unto me. But he says, The only reason you have power is my Father in heaven's given you power. But Jesus is the one who laid down his life. It says that he, right before he died, he said, It is finished. And then he says, What? He gave up. His, the ghost. He gave up his spirit. He let himself die. He is the one who gave his life. He willingly gave his life. But then he also said he takes it up again. There's several verses in the Bible and we don't have time to go everywhere this morning. If you were to look around in the Bible, we could go over to Romans chapter 1 and we could see God says that he demonstrated Jesus was the Son of God through power by His resurrection from the dead. That He was raised with power. That was resurrection power. And He was shown to be the Son of God because He was raised up again. And you might read other places 
the, the, the Father raised Jesus. But you know what? Jesus and the Father are one, right? And because they're one, they both raised Him up. As we look at this section, you know, people get confused about this. But He laid it down because He loves the sheep, because He cares for the sheep. And what does He say in verse 18? No one takes it from Me, but I lay it down of Myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. Notice he basically repeats exactly what he just got through saying, doesn't he? He says, I lay down my life that I may take it up again, verse 17. Verse 18, he says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down on myself. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up again. So basically what does he say? He's repeating himself. He wants us to understand because He is God. He is voluntarily laying His life down and he, He's the one that has the power to lay it down. Nobody's taking His life from Him. He's doing it because He wants to. Now you say, wait a minute, didn't those folks kill Jesus? Yeah, they did. And in Acts chapter 4, I believe it is, that Peter says, you wicked men, you, you, you killed Jesus. But then in the next verse, he said, in the very next section, he says, and it was predetermined by God that it should happen. You can't escape in the Bible the fact of human responsibility and divine sovereignty. Everywhere you go in the Bible, you're going to see that God says that He saves people and they save them. He saves them because they, He draws all men into them. And He says, He tells the Pharisees, he says that you won't come to me and you won't come to me because you're not my sheep. He says, first of all, you're not willing to believe. And then he says, you're not willing to believe because you're not my sheep. And so everywhere we look in the Bible, God never separates our responsibility from His divine sovereignty. You know God is sovereign. Did y'all know that? One day, when it all's finished and done, when we get to the last page of the last book of Revelation chapter 22, it's all going to turn out just like He said it would. Did you know that? And somehow, some way, God is working every single thing that happens today. We, we quote that verse, Romans 8.28, that we know that God works all things together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purposes, right? He's working all things. Not just the good things, but the bad things. He, he determined that Jesus would die on the cross. And that was His plan. And that was God's plan. And the Holy Spirit's plan. Jesus' plan. But guess what? Men were responsible because they put Him on the cross. He didn't make those folks do that. He doesn't make us do anything. If, if, if He... See, that's why that special love's there that's in that previous verse that if we were all robots, we'd just walk around and go, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. And would that show our love for God? No. He's God. He can make us do whatever He wanted us to do, right? What's that old story? If you love somebody, set them free. And that's kind of what God has done with us is He has, he has set us free. And He wants us voluntarily to love Him. Voluntarily to obey Him. Voluntarily 
to follow Him and do His will. And that's what He's done. He is sovereign and things aren't going to turn out like He wants them to turn out. But that does not negate the fact that we have free will and we can choose right or wrong. We can choose to obey God or not obey God. We can choose to trust Christ or not to trust Christ. When we get to this section here, remember, Jesus has all power so He can take His life up. He can lay it down. Yes, these people killed Him. But that was part of God's plan. But He did not make them. Don't ask me to explain it all. But all I know is that men are wicked. All you got to do is turn on your TV tonight. And all you got to do is, is look and see. Or watch some of these shows on TV, these law shows that depict all the evil, wicked things people do to other people for money and all kinds of power and all kinds of things. It just never ceases to amaze me what people will do for power, position, and money and all of these things. It just blows my mind to think what people will do to other people. And they don't care. God just allowed the wickedness of man to drive them and because He went against their power, against their pride, against their position, against their authority and their money, they wanted to kill Him. They wanted to crucify Him. But He is the one who laid His life down. He is the one that had the power to take it back up again. And He says, This command I have received from the Father. Remember, Jesus says, I don't do anything that the Father doesn't tell me to do, right? I mean, everything that Jesus does, He does on the authority of the Father. I was reading the other day, and I can't remember where it's at. It says, rebellion is is the sin of witchcraft. That God wants us not to rebel, but to obey. And I heard another man, remember when when Jesus talked to the centurion, and He he was uh, over all these people, and He said... He told the man, he says, well, I will come and I will, I will heal this man. And he says, no, I am a man under authority also. You say the word and it will be done, right? And he says, I've never, I haven't seen greater faith than this man had. And that's what Jesus is talking about. I heard it said this way, that you have to be under authority before you can be over. Did you know that? We have to learn how to be under authority before we can be over people. And these folks, these Pharisees, had never learned it. But Jesus demonstrated every time He did something, He said, I only do what the Father tells me to do. I don't do anything in my own will. He voluntarily subjugated Himself. He voluntarily submitted Himself to the will of the Father and the direction of the Spirit. When He did His work, He prayed, He He listened to hear what God said through the Holy Spirit. And He voluntarily gave up all of His rights when He was here on earth. That He might die for us. And then in verse 19 it says, Therefore, there was a division again amongst the Jews because of these sayings. Notice it says, Therefore, there was division again. I mean, how many times has Jesus committed division amongst these people? They just really, really don't know what to do with Jesus. Some of them believe. 
Some of them don't want to believe, right? Remember we said in uh, John chapter 7, goes back to human responsibility. I think it's verse 14. We spent a lot of time on this one verse here, verse uh, 16. Jesus answered and said to them, My doctrine is not mine, but he who sent me. And if anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. In other words, if you want to know the truth, God will show you the truth. Did you know that? He will show you the truth. He wants us to know the truth probably more than we want to know it. But you know, some people you just cannot convince them. Some people you could have God come down and speak to them himself and say, hey, this is true, this is real, this is right. And they still wouldn't believe it. And some people you just can't convince. I mean, I've heard preachers talking with people about the Lord and, and, and they finally say, well, look, if I answer all of your questions, are you going to believe? And the people say, well, I don't know. See, the bottom line is, is many people don't want to believe and they just throw up all these questions, all these things as a smokescreen. They don't really want to know the truth. They're afraid to know the truth. And then they don't want to know the truth because guess what? If you know the truth, that means you're going to have to do something different, right? Like I said, even one of the ladies in, uh, that helps me, we went over to one of the nursing homes down at the beach and I started talking about, uh, you know, if you trust Christ, that means you have to change. That, that God says you, you have to live differently. You have to be differently. And you know what? When I started preaching that, she noticed it. Did you notice that several people walked out when you started talking about change? I said, yeah, I did. I just didn't mention it to her before. In the past, I'd seen it before. I see it all the time. You know, people turn me off, turn it, turn the Bible off. They don't want to hear it. But I noticed, she says, they started walking out when you said you got to be different, when you got to change. Because people don't want to change. They don't want to know the truth. Because if they know the truth, guess what? That means i got to do something different what I'm doing right now. The Jews were divided again, and many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him when you can't do something constructively? What do you do? Accuse people, right? Throw a fit. Call them names. Say all kinds of things. And this is... I think about the fourth time they've said he has a demon. Fourth time they say, this man has a demon. Why do you listen to him? And it amazes me what we will do to not hear the truth, to not believe the truth. I mean, here they are again. Remember, they've already accused Jesus. And the book of Matthew is not recorded in the book of John. But they attributed his works to the devil, right? And Jesus says, you can't be saved. That's the ultimate sin, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. The ultimate sin is not suicide. The ultimate sin is rejecting Jesus Christ. That is the ultimate sin. That is the only sin that will send you to hell. If you reject Jesus Christ, that's what sends you to hell. I'm not saying you go commit suicide because that's sin. And if you're a Christian, you definitely are not to do it because uh, that gives you a bad witness. But people do it. What's going on here is 
They say he de- has a demon and he's mad. You, you got a couple of choices. You either have to decide that Jesus is a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's Lord. Which is he? He's either deceived, he's a deceiver, or he's deranged. You know, he, he's one of those. Which is he? And that's what's going on here. These people can't make up their mind. Is he Lord? Some of them say he's Lord. Some people say he's a lunatic. Some people say he's a liar. Some people say he's, he's demon-possessed, right? They say, why do you listen to him? But look what they say in verse 21. Others said, these are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Think about it, folks. Can a demon open up the eyes of a blind person? And we're talking, remember, we're talking about this man who was in John chapter 9. He didn't even really have any eyes, right? I mean, this guy was born blind. He was born blind. And that meant, you ever seen anybody who's been blind since they were real young or never been able to see? Have you ever seen anybody like that? Their eyes are just sunk back. They really, there's nothing there, right? I mean, it's like if you don't ever use a hand or an arm or a muscle, what happens? It atrophies, right? It shrinks up. It's, it's not there hardly anymore. But Jesus basically created brand new eyes for this man. He created brand new eyes. And it's amazing to me, all through this book, we've seen people see His signs. And what do they do? They say, well, give me some more. I want some more food. I want some more fish. I want, you know, heal me, fix me, feed me, do something, Jesus, for me. And then others confess that Jesus is Lord. And they get saved. I mean, the whole reason Jesus did these signs was not just so people get healed and sight and all these things. The reason He did the signs is so that people might be see beyond that sign and see that He's the Christ, right? You see the hospital sign out there and you're sick and you and you drive up next to the sign and you park right there and wait to get waited on, you're in trouble. Because that's just the sign. The building's down the street. And that's the same thing with Jesus. He was pointing to Himself through His signs, His wonders, His miracles. He's God of nature. He's God over time. He's God over distance. He's God over nature. He's God over life and death. He's God over the spirit world. He's God over everything. When we finish this section today, we're going to see that really this is the last time that Jesus publicly ministers. The reason He publicly quits publicly ministering, we'll see at the end of the chapter, is because they try to kill Him again. They try to stone him again. They literally have to go get stones and bring him back and try to kill him. And this is, I don't know, second, third, fourth time they've tried to kill him. They wanted to kill him. They've tried to kill him. They're just looking for the right opportunity. He has been rejected so many times by these folks. Then you know what he finally does? He says, you're going to die in your sins because you don't believe that I am He. I think that's John chapter 5, verse 24, 25. He says, if you do not believe that I am He, who? 
Jesus, the Messiah, and then the next session they go say, Tell us plainly, are you the Christ? He says, I've told you. I mean, how many times do I have to tell you? Have you done that before with people? Well, I told you and I told you and I told you. I'm not telling you again. I quit. I'll leave. That's it. Finish. Done. And that's what happens in this chapter. Jesus is going to turn them loose to their own sin, to their own ways. That's going to be the end. Well, let's close today and just remember that this is always about Jesus, right? That Jesus loves you. He died for you. He paid the debt to set you free. Set you free from sin. Set you free to be the person He wanted you to be. To set you free to live for Him in such a way that you couldn't before. And so if you've never trusted Christ, ask Him to forgive you today. Ask Him to save you today. Because you're not going to make it to heaven. I'm not going to make it to heaven. No one's going to make it to heaven unless we believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. That He's the one who with His blood purchased me Seal my pardon, pay the debt, and set me free. I mean, it's just that simple. He's my Redeemer. He purchased us. He bought us with His blood on that cross. And when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says we shall be saved. Father, we thank You again today for Your mercy and Your grace and Your love. And we ask today that You would be with us as we finish this service today, that You would work a mighty work in our lives. If there's somebody who doesn't know you today, that you would help them to trust you and to cry out today and say, Lord Jesus, save me. So Father, continue to speak through your word the rest of the week and help bring to mind the things that have been said this morning and help us to know how much you love us, how much you care for us, and that it was all done because you loved us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hi, I'm Marty McKenzie with His Love Ministries. Please help us reach out to those the world has forgotten. Everyone we minister to is locked up in some way, shape, or form. Those in the nursing home facilities are locked up in bodies that do not work in a wheelchair or in a bed. We minister to children and youth who are locked up because of behavioral problems. Some have told us we want to have a real family because their parents have lost or given up custody of them. Other kids are locked up because they've committed crimes. We also minister to those locked up at the jails and the prisons, to those locked up in addictions, to drugs, alcohol, depression, and suicidal thoughts, to those locked up in a variety of other things that keep them from becoming who Jesus wants them to be. He came to give us abundant life, joy, and set us free, and these people that we minister to are not free. Our desire is to show them whatever their background, no matter what they've done, to see how much God loves them. We seek to help them receive forgiveness and freedom from their sin in Jesus Christ. We minister in the local area of Savannah, Georgia, and surrounding Effingham and Chatham area. We have recently expanded our ministry to the Lexington and Columbia, South Carolina area. We do over 2,000 services every year. We hope and pray that you will support us in some way that so we can continue our mission. Go to hisloveministries.net and click on the Donate Now button or send it via regular mail to Post Office Box 1881, Lexington, South Carolina, 29071. We hope and pray that you will do that. Thank you and God bless you. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 32.